Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode discusses drug use and overdose, which can be triggering to some. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction and needs information, please visit www.samhsa.gov or call the National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential help. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. <laughs> Listen, how are you feeling today, Tracy? So amazing. Every day amazing. That's how <laughs> I'm feeling. It's the song for me. You know, I already got a little <laughs> jingle. So every day amazing because it's cleanup time. Everybody do your part. My cleanup has been a little slow. I've been a little slow moving. What you cleaning? A little bit of everything, but let me tell you. Okay. You know how you just touch one thing and then it moves to another uh-huh. thing. But the big project I've been working on is my backyard. So now let me tell you what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. Tell us about it. Last year this time, where were we? Quarantine. No, come on, Cara. Last year this time, we were getting ready to go somewhere phenomenal. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The years of COVID have blurred together. Excuse me. You're mine. Yes, come yes. On, now. It is that. almost our anniversary of... Yes, yes. Da, 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 da. Going to the house. We went to the big house, y'all. <laughs> we ain't talking about jail. We went to the Smith house. Let's go jail. We've been talking for three years. It is such a blessing to be here with the entire RTT family. Yeah. 
the backyard was beautiful. And so I was inspired. I'm working on the backyard. It's literally changing the furniture that's in the patio furniture in the backyard and upgrading some other stuff. So we are in progress right now. So I'm going to keep you posted because let me tell you, I'm going to be proud. I feel like a before and after needs to happen. We got, but like we've been in this house for 10 years. And so some of the stuff that was there is 10 years old or older. Well, no, it makes sense. I did the same type of thing in COVID. I did a whole, like, yard rehaul. And I, aren't you following me on Instagram? Yeah, you got a lot going on on IG. <laughs> I got a whole little TV show called Outside Wakara, where I go outside and— You do! I examine the bugs, though, because this is what it is. I you like wait a bugs. minute. <laughs> <laughs> I examine the bugs. The bugs and the squirrels, they do a lot in the yard, and I'm always out there creating and resting and relaxing. Okay, what does Bella have to say about these bugs? Bella, she's normally in the yard with me. When she's home. Because Bella home. is only your part-time uh, dog. She is, right, she is the part-time dog. She is the part-time dog. She is home. It is summertime, so we know that she's going to take some longer walks in the evening. Who knows if she'll come back? She's staying with her second family. But yeah, so I'm outside, and I examined the bugs. Yeah. The other day, I found a praying mantis. That was dope. What? Yes. All right. But you know what we're going to hear about this episode? This episode was incredibly informative, but it was equally heartbreaking, Cara. Hearing about how the poison, how fentanyl has infiltrated recreational drugs and killed so many people. For those who don't know exactly what fentanyl is, it's a synthetic opioid and is used pharmaceutically to treat severe pain, like for advanced cancer patients. Right. And it is 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine. According to the CDC, that's some serious potency, okay? But the heartbreak for me, I loved Michael K. Williams. I thought he was such a phenomenal talent. Yeah, to lose him like that. There were several moments. And then to see the heartbreak that his nephew had and to find him. Right, oh. right. And Olivia's story. Where do we It's a lot to unpack with this episode. It was a lot. What was something super impactful to you before we even get into it? Olivia's story mm. broke my heart because what would have been something that you and I could have done back in the day, 15, uh-huh, sneaking uh-huh. out, hooking up with some guy, would have just been a story we would have told our girlfriends. She literally lost her life because of it. And the hurt, oh, and her mother and her father, it just, mm-hmm. it was just heartbreaking. Not even just Olivia, but Kate. And Kate lost Kate. three friends in one night, woke up and was paralyzed herself. I got something to say about that now. I already know it's a touchy subject for you because <laughs> I've, I felt like she's at the table. She was still a little nonchalant in some conversations. Is that what you thought? It felt like it, right? We're going to get into the comments later. Don't worry about it. I just think about how there's such a ripple effect. How many people were impacted by those stories is just the multiplying factor of heartbreak for me. Shout out to Gammy, Willow, and Jada. You guys did a really good job. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're touching the hard topics this season. Who had the meeting and said, oh, we're digging deep this year. I think that's what's happening with the pandemic. Absolutely. We've had time to be introspective and dig deep and say, what is really going on? What is really happening with myself? What's happening with my neighbor? What's happening with my family? And then what do you plan on doing with your life? The awareness is necessary. People need to understand the dangers in general before they go out there and try to solve their problems another way. Now it's time to hear from you, our community. This week, we asked our online Red Table Talk community, after learning about the dangers of fentanyl-laced drugs, have you reconsidered recreational drug use or had conversations about staying safe with your loved ones? Here are some of your answers. 
Kara, you want to go first? Mm, I see that I heart Jason said, everybody I know is on drugs. They want to die, obviously, and they do not want help. It's hard to say that so directly like that. But I understand you, Jason. It seems like some people out here, two sheets to the wind, as some people would say. But I think some people truly feel like they don't have a choice. I think that's what it is. You think they don't have a choice? I think some people feel like they don't have a choice. Like, they may not know other alternatives, or they may know that I did that last weekend, so I'll do it again. Or the people that are around you are doing it, so you go ahead and do what's around you, do what you yeah, see. that's true. I got you. Yeah, that's tough. Maggie Evans, shout out to you, Memphis Sister Friends Red Table Talk community member, said, the only drug I've ever done is a couple of pot gummies when I was freaking out because my dog was diagnosed with terminal cancer. I made it 48 years without a single drug. Those gummies were vile, and I'll never do it again. That's my entire personal experience with drugs. Mm. I think recreational drugs, by and large, she says, should be legalized. Our drug laws are stupid and disproportionately affect people of color. Amen to that, Maggie. Mm -hmm. If you're Mm -hmm. going to use them, then you have to make an informed choice and accept that your use may result in your death. Mm. Unless you know 100% of the supply chain that created that product, you are rolling the dice. That's literally why I've never done drugs, except for those damn dispensary gummies, barf emoji. (laughs) I didn't want to wind up brain damaged or worse. Maggie, you had a lot to say, and that was a lot to say. That was true. Maggie, we feel you. Yeah. I was scared away from drugs, too. I've heard about that story of the basketball player. I can't remember his name. Lynn Bias. Yes, yes. One time and was gone. Lynn Bias. It was before my time, but I definitely came up and heard that story over and over again. Did you? Yeah, it was key in just me thinking twice whenever I was out. Not like people were doing lines of coke at the party. Yeah. But it was definitely something in the back of my head. Another comment we have is, I'm scared to death about using any drug that has not been prescribed for the use of treating an illness or condition. There can even be adverse effects of prescribed drugs. So why would you trust street drugs from folks who are trying to make as much money as possible by extending and stretching the amount of the drug for their greater profit? Mm. To me, it's a no-brainer not to use drugs in a recreational way. You may only get one opportunity to make that decision. And that's from Diane Feeling Cook. Thank you, Diane, in our communities. Yeah. I hear you too. People do not have your best interest in mind. I think we're going to tap into that a little bit as well, like intentional drug use. And Mm -hmm. do you trust the person you're getting it from? So many things to factor in and consider before you even use something. We feel you, Diane. Yeah, Diane Feeling Cook is right. I'm with her. And heck, I can tell you, I don't even want drugs that have been prescribed to me if they're too strong. I'm going to tell you something. Kara, I took, I had a procedure done one time. And when I tell you I took that prescription narcotic and I felt like my face was melting, no thanks. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Did you say melting? I promised you. What was you taking? It was Oxy. Okay, okay. It was too too strong for you. It It was too strong. If anybody ever tells you I'm popping pills, just know that is it's the a lie. worst lie they ever told because that is not happening. When I took that doggone Oxy that was prescribed for melting. pain management after surgery, Stop it. I sat there and I promise you I felt like my right side of my face was melting off. Stop. So, no. Did you, did you touch it? I did, did you t- touch it. <laughs> I was like, my face is melting. This is this is your My example right here. I don't know who needs to hear this. You don't have to live it to learn from it. Please know right. that Tracy's face was melting one time and she didn't and like I it. Swear. I mean it 
How many examples do you need? Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story as well, Tracy. And thank you to our Red Table Talk community, man. We appreciate you always chiming in and giving us your comments. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll be joined by two guests from our Red Table Talk community. We're welcoming two fellow RTT community members onto Let's Red Table That. I'm so glad that Deborah Fields Harris is at the virtual Red Table today. Deborah is actually joining us from Mississippi, where she works as an HR manager for a manufacturing company. Deborah has witnessed the dangers of fentanyl laced drugs at her job and in her family. So, seeing that up close personal relationship with that, she can actually see and share with us today how deeply harmful it is. So, thank you, Deborah, for coming and for being willing to just share your experience with us today. Hello, everyone. Excited to be here. Hey, Deborah. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm excited to introduce our other amazing guest, April Rhine, who has been a part of our Red Table Talk Memphis Sister Friends community since 2018. I'm really grateful that you're able to share your unique perspective on drug use as you have tried countless narcotics. We're going to talk about that, but only because they've been prescribed to you. So thank you so much for being with us on Less Red Table. Table that, April. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you both. Thank you both. We appreciate you guys. This is the part, what, where we go, what, of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause, rewind, take that back, and listen again. Wait, what? Kara, we had some moments for our wait, what moments. Let's talk about them. Yeah, we had a lot of moments in this episode, so let's just kick it off by discussing with our guests the first moment, which is when Jada asks Gammy if she would have stopped using drugs if she'd known that fentanyl was on the streets. Do you think that would have... Helped you stop? No, absolutely not. Really? I'm so glad that it wasn't, because I've OD'd before. I would definitely be dead. Right. There's no question in my mind about that. Which is heartbreaking for me, because first of all, we love Gam. We love all of our people, friends, and just this episode brought a lot of those things to light, just knowing they wouldn't have stopped, no matter what. So Mm -hmm. did you notice how Gam gave Jada a certain look? Before Jada asked that question, she really was looking at her like, do you even want to really ask me that? That moment right there really touched for me simply because my mom, as beautiful as she was and did the best that she did, she did have her own struggles and drugs was one of them. Just as Gammy had, she was addicted to crack. She was one of those functioning drug addicts where she held down a government job. Once the job found out about it, they sent her to rehab and she got better. That really touched home. And I put myself in that situation and wonder if my mom knew Mm. this powerful drug was out there, would she have successfully gone through rehab? Yeah. I appreciate that Gammy said no because she was just knee-jerk honest. Yeah. But if you're in the midst of addiction, I guess there's really no way to say, well, I'm going to wait and not do that one versus this one if you're literally, truly pursuing a high. Deborah, what do you think? It resonates with me growing up in South Memphis, and I don't know if you recall my cousin, Robin. She has been on drugs probably 25 years since she was Mm. about 19 or 20. She went from crack to meth and then meth Mm. to heroin, and she's had some mental situations and severe medical episodes in her life, and now she's on fentanyl, and her mom is just going through. And so recently, she came to Memphis. Mm. Her family visited 
she ended up getting left behind. And my heart is going out because Memphis is not the place to be when you are a drug user, you're addicted to drugs, being out there on the streets. And like right now, we don't know where she is. If she had gone back home with her family, maybe they would know where she is. They know where the drug house is. This girl looks like the Night of the Living Dead. And that's where it resonates with me dealing with this girl. Oh, gosh. And that's where it's sitting with me. First of all, I appreciate both of you being so honest and sharing your experiences with such candor because it's not easy. Mm -mm. It's not easy having family members on drugs. One of the wait what moments for me that just, I'm going to tell y'all the truth, got all over me was when Kate said after losing three friends, Mm. now y'all saw this episode, three Mm -hmm. of her friends were dead from fentanyl. And then her warning was like, maybe I live to talk about this because people mess up, man. It's okay to start from the bottom again, you know, and just kind of dig out. I don't know. Be careful with your drugs. I don't know about (laughs) y'all, but I want to know from y'all because I'm going to tell you, for me, I was like, what the heck, Jacqueline? How are you talking about? Wait, be wait, careful what? with the drugs. If anybody can be a dang on advocate for someone to say, I don't advocate using drugs. Here's what happened to me, and just be a little bit more aggressive with the whole message and warning about how powerful and dangerous fentanyl is, and that she's right. seen it firsthand. She literally almost died herself. Right. But to say, be careful with your drugs. Mm. Okay, so y'all can tell how I felt about it because I was on fire right. when I saw that. Tell me, what was your reaction, especially for both of you having loved ones who are on drugs? How does that resonate with you, what she said? With loved ones, they just will not admit. An addict will never admit to their problem. Mm. And that's one thing is they'll say, oh, I'm not a user or, oh, I'm not on drugs. Right. The first step is if you want to be out of it, you would first admit to the problem. And see, they're never, they'll never get help because they're in denial. That's my biggest problem. This might be why she just said, be careful with your drugs. Like, she literally watched three friends pass away and was still talking about it as if, just be careful. That's it. Versus, girl, this is deadly. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. Right. Maybe that's the point of view she was looking at it. Like, she knows that people are still going to use. People are still going to abuse. At least if you're going to do it, be Be careful careful with it. Mm. I feel where you're coming from, Tracy, but at least she did heed a warning. Be careful. Get it from a steady person. Get it from someone you trust. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I'm going to ask this question. I'm not trying to be funny, but y- y'all think people pray over their drugs? Okay, wait <laughs> I believe my cousin takes the Lord with her in the crack house. I believe it. Let's okay. talk about it because okay. the reality is, to your point, April, clean needles and, and things like that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a yes. minute. This is a wait what within the wait what? <laughs> Do people pray? I mean, the way they What's pass the in the blunt. So you saying it's pray, puff, puff, pass? <laughs> <laughs> it should be, should it not? Could it be? I know some friends in COVID that were smoking with each other, and I was like, y'all still, y'all still sharing? They were smoking in COVID? We still sharing blunts in COVID. Still sharing? But see, I think they just take the Lord with them, and they say, well, I'm going to just be careful. But I'm just he thinking, this is what heart. I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. I'm going to say this. If, if people ain't praying over their drugs, with fentanyl being put in everything, they need to start. Absolutely. That Part. They need Because <laughs> this is the thing. Even if they're not stopping to call on the Lord and actually truthfully pray, you can't tell me that someone isn't at least for a split second thinking, 
I hope ain't nothing in this. Because they still just want to get high. I think they're right. just clouded and disillusioned right. by the actual drug, of course. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get what you're saying. Right. Like, they're in pursuit of the high. It's right. not that anyone that is addicted is intentionally trying to kill themselves. Right. I'm with you. I'm tracking with you. Along the same topic is the other wait what moment, which is learning how fentanyl actually works. When you ingest any opioid, initially you get that sense of euphoria, but then your drive to breathe is going to go down. You stop breathing, and that's actually what kills you. Fentanyl can do that within a matter of 10 minutes or so. I don't know about you guys. Like, I think we hear all these stories, fentanyl and different drugs, and we just assume it goes from use to a passing, but I had no idea that it slows down your breathing until you completely stop. So... Knowing how it works is also just important. Before you were impacted in your families or personally by this drug or just use in general, did you know or have any awareness of what this would even look like? Do y'all recall that Prince was having a medical condition? Prince suffered with hip pain with all the years of performing in the heels. He suffered with pains in his ankles and pains in his hips. And he really needed hip replacement surgery. His medical professionals had recommended it. And he... Right. did not have that surgery and wow. he needed it in order to I be able to have a functional that. life. So he lived and was prescribed fentanyl and that's how he died was an overdose of it. I did not know that. He was prescribed it, but wasn't what he had synthetic, if I remember correctly, mm, and that absolutely. was part of the issue. And here's the thing. It only takes, what, a small amount. Look at little 15-year-old Olivia. Grains right. of sand worth. Olivia took one pill and it took her off the face of the planet forever. She didn't overdose. It was grains of sand worth of fentanyl Mm, that killed her. Oh, bless her heart. And she was already little. It's important to know as much as you can. Well, what do we know? It's tasteless. It's odorless. It's powerful. It's replicated. It's generic. Mm -hmm. It's just scary. And I won't officially say here, Tracy T. Rowe is not telling you be careful with your drugs. Tracy T. Rowe is saying, like... Don't do it. I don't want to be generic and say, just say no. But I am saying, like... Wow. Take heed to what's going on around us. And to your point, I think, April, you said that Kate was maybe being cautionary and realistic at the same time. The thing that y'all said that I didn't factor in was that, Deborah, what you said about denial and that she may not be able Mm -hmm. to see what other people see because from her perspective, it's different, Mm -hmm. depending on what level of drug use she has or not. Absolutely. I have a different take, a little bit different take on that one. Okay, come on, let's hear it. I am... Sickle cell disease, full-blown, Okay, as worst-case scenario. So my experience with these pain meds, I know a lot about them. They started me off on Demerol at a very young age. Got off of that. I've been through addiction. So I don't like taking narcotics. Yeah. And they're required when I'm having severe pain. Mm. So I know quite a bit about it. They went through a series of medicines, pain medicine, narcotics to try to find a pain medicine that works for me. A lot of stuff I'm allergic to. One of the medicines they tried was morphine, trying to get me off of Demerol. Found out I'm definitely allergic to morphine. Yeah, I went into full arrest. Oh my God. I was dead. I was clinically dead. So we know morphine, codeine, Fentanyl is actually one of the ones I'm allergic to because once I became an adult, they tried that as well, but they tried that in a patch form where it slow releases Mm. through the skin, and I still had very bad effects from it. So it's a drug not to play with at all. So these grains of sand, they're not joking about Mm -hmm. that. Wow. 
What did y'all think about the episode? Like, how did you connect with it? I connected with it. Again, like Olivia, I had a friend that mm. had been through rehab. He was on the straight and narrow. He was doing his thing. And just one night, a partying with some friends, thought he was doing just some coke. And mm. the coke was laced with fentanyl. Luckily, no one died. But unfortunately, he did have a relapse. So even if you think, like I said, get it from someone you trust, he trusted these people. These were right. his friends that he parted with on a normal time. Because that makes me think about Kate's experience. It was kind of their normal experience to do the comedic thing. And after the set, doing coke and mm-hmm. she just... Would she say she was a baby with it? So she that was probably why she survived Microdose, the experience. Just a little, just a little something. One Skittle isn't like the whole pack. It's basically what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Bless her heart. Deborah, how about you? How did you relate to this full episode? I have a connections, I think, with all the scenarios. But one recently, one of my church members who is out in the streets, but she's had been coming into the church, was recently found dead with an apparent overdose of marijuana and fentanyl. Mm. And she came to the ministry a couple of years ago. She worked in the music ministry with the choir with me. And I would pick her up and you can tell a drug user, but she'd always deny it. We'd always try to get Mm. help. And some of us would even take her to her treatments. She was at the church volunteering with our feeding program two weeks ago. And here Saturday night, they found her in a car, her and another man, both Mm. unresponsive and apparent marijuana fentanyl overdose. Marijuana fentanyl. Now, that's the first I've heard of that. No. I. You know what? Yeah. I don't... I, They're I, lacing it's everything. Laced. It's yeah. laced. Everything yeah, is being everything. laced with fentanyl. Man. Yeah. I'm so sorry for your loss, Deborah. Yeah, I'm sorry as that well. is just heartbreaking. Safe to say that she and the person that was with her were probably thinking they were just getting high from smoking marijuana. Just a little. That's the biggest thing. Is you thinking that you're just going to get a regular type of high. You can't smell it, can't detect it. You do not see it until it's too late. Deborah, let's transition into, I guess, from a personal perspective to this professional perspective. We know you've been an HR professional for 25 plus years. So you've seen it all as far as workplace issues. How has fentanyl impacted your job and your coworkers? I'm thinking like as an HR professional, my main role is just to educate employees and educate the managers about drug abuse. But one at my facility that we're having problems with is heroin use. And we had a couple of cases where we've done some reasonable suspicion drug tests and there's fentanyl and heroin mixed has been a big negative impact on our workplace. With any type of drug use, heroin and and fentanyl use, there's massive absenteeism. People are coming to work impaired, running to walls, being a little confused. So my role in this is I'm getting managers trained and knowing now how to spot and identify and see what behaviors, Mm. what things that you can look at to, to spot out that. My role is not to say you're a drug user. We look at a drug user as it's a medical condition. It's not just this person is a sense, drug user. Right. They need some assistance. Uh, about a month ago, had a guy was at the job and they had reported that he was one employee said he seemed a little bit agitated and he really was like out of mm. himself, stand up on the chair, not knowing where he was. And then I end up mm. even having to call and actually do a live consultation with mm. the center and actually get him to a treatment facility. We got EAP. Got a bed for him to go ahead and come there for his intake mm-hmm. and be admitted. Okay. What you think happened? He checked himself out. He never showed. Didn't go. He didn't even show. Oh, wow. He never He never got his help. 
and he never came back to work. I just hear the heartache for you. I hear how much you want to help. So I just want to applaud you and your efforts and having such a caring heart. I know a lot of HR professionals get a bad rep Agreed. for not really caring about people, but I just want to say thank you because that's the work. so important. Easily yeah. been like, that's not my problem. Right. Less paperwork for me and I moved on. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And we learned that Michael K. Williams, oh my gosh, y'all, his nephew, this just, this just tore me apart seeing his nephew because you know how much you love your aunts and uncles, right? And Michael K. Williams' nephew was no different. But we know that he struggled with drug use for much of his life. And though he thankfully was able to enjoy some years of sobriety, we know that he did not have long-term success. April, you come from the topic from a unique perspective because we talked about that with pain management. And so we know that you have to make sure that you don't fall prey to addiction. You mentioned the Demerol and trying to get yourself weaned off the Demerol. How do you guard yourself against the misuse of the drug and the dangers of the drugs from a medical perspective? Transitioning from child care to adult care, I was blessed to be in the hands of one of the greatest hematologists I'll ever have. She trained me about sickle cell. She trained me how to taper down off the pain meds after coming out of the hospital. Along with that, as I got older and mature, I started to become more natural and holistic. I wanted to come off a lot of the pain medicine, a lot of the chemicals that are made by Big Pharma. Mm -hmm. So I started doing my own research on natural things to help with my pain, my inflammation, my blood pressure, my blood sugar. So I drink turmeric tea, ginger mm. tea. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of medicinal teas. I incorporate cinnamon, a lot of cinnamon into my thing. That helps with blood pressure and blood sugar. I still take some of the medicines. Again, like I said, the doctor taught me how to taper down. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole system. I'm glad you implemented those steps. You have to find what works for you. I think that's a right. big yes. takeaway for anybody. Yes. Even my son, bless these young men's heart. I have to tell him often, you have addiction in your family. Sometimes you have to be honest about oh, what's right. on both sides. Exactly. You may see your friends with a certain tolerance here or there, but that doesn't mean it's always going to be the same for you. And we right. really have to find what works for us. That's smart for you, Car, to let your son know he's genetically predisposed. Yeah. So he's yeah. got to be yeah. careful. That's Absolutely. good. Absolutely. That's good. Deborah, you have gone through it. You have gone through it at work, with your family member, with your church member. It's been amazingly challenging for you. How are you coping with that as someone who's having these vicarious experiences that are continuously around you. I just have my prayer to make it through and encouraging myself through it because even though that person lost their lives, there's somebody else out there that's going to need help. You got to provide that same encouragement. You got to be able to not look down at them and not look funny at them and have a heart. Deborah, let me ask you, since you've had the personal and professional like perspective, if you were to tell our listeners, what is something that they should look for? And then what's an immediate step they should take if they suspect that someone may have a problem, what would you suggest? I think that you see as an individual that's a user, you're going to see a lot of that stunned, pinned eye look, the confused mm. look, and they're talking to themselves. Now, this recent family member that's a user, they have this thing where they talk and they do that. Okay. 
that's not the first person that I saw. The young man at my job was having that same in in its conversation. They do something with their tongue. I don't know if it's with their teeth or their tongue. It's an involuntary action. Absolutely. Side effect of the drugs. That's good to know. So under the National Fentanyl Awareness Foundation, they have a toll-free number that you can call. If you see someone, you have a family member that is exemplifying those symptoms, you can call and get help for them or give them the number to call if they'll yeah. take the number. Okay, good, that's right. good. Yeah, that's that is very good. helpful information. Thank you so much for that. I know we talked about Kate's story and her takeaway from her experience implies that she plans to continue using, which seems mind-boggling to us. But Deborah, we know you have a cousin who is an active user and has had similar experiences, right? Could you tell us about that and how do you feel? A recent experience is this person's parents found them not breathing. They called the ambulance. They were hospitalized. They actually died, but they got them back. Mm. Wow. Was in the hospital for two weeks until miraculously this person wakes up. My aunt said that they said the person was going to have some brain damage because there was part to where they were unresponsive mm. for so long. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, out of the two weeks, the person recovered. She called and said, they're saying that they're going to let her out of the hospital. She was trying to walk from the hospital. Oh, my God. And after mm-hmm. everything that she had gone through, they were thinking she's trying to walk to go home. She's trying to walk to get outside to a person that's outside to take her back to the drug house. Oh. But the hospital was like, no, we can't release you. In order for you to be released, you have to go to your step program. She had to be admitted into a rehab center. And they think they were going to have rehab for right. four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. But with those, what, 14 days that she's there, she's having the withdrawals. But her next step mm-hmm. was, right. you are not going to live if you don't go and get treatment. But her choice mm. was to go get in the car with this person and go back to the mm. crack house, go to this mm. drug dealer, whomever it is that's supplying her with mm. the drugs. She'd say, I don't have a problem. I don't need rehab. I'm fine. Because she's living her best life. Let's be honest. In their mind, they are. They're receiving the high, and that is the only goal. I'm literally feeling super emotional now thinking about my family members that I know mm-hmm. that are on drugs and in struggle with addictions And it is so hard just hearing your experience, knowing that how much you will for someone, right? Mm -hmm. When someone's in the hospital and you hear they're in the hospital, you get on prayer calls, you get in prayer circles, try to get folks to healing. But you don't really factor in that person, whatever got them to the addiction is what keeps them with the addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for us when we're on the outside in, not knowing the pain. Just, I'm just hurting They're still looking for that that same high. They're looking for that. They want it. That same high that they'll never get. Even though y'all know I rode Kate hard (laughs) about her comment about be careful with your drugs. Yeah. I think it was very telling. Now that I've hear what we're mm-hmm. saying here, mm-hmm. that if she's in the midst of whatever she's grappling with and her own use and hearing Deborah talk about the people who are saying that they don't have a problem even though they look like living dead, that there is some lack of self-assessment that she hasn't done yet. And she talked about these letters to her soul, which I thought was a beautiful moment mm-hmm. in the episode. My therapist gave me this tip. Sit down and write a note to yourself yeah. from your soul. Yeah. Like, your soul doesn't judge you. Like, your soul wants to be proud of you. And then write back and forth. 
And I never spent time alone with my thoughts like that because it yeah. terrifies me. Mm, yeah. So, like, when I wow. am having trouble now or I beat myself up, I'll do that. Thinking about some of the mistakes you beat yourself up about, because we all have those, what would your letter say? Mine would be short and sweet. Yours mm -hmm. would be, April? What would you say? Love more and forgive often. And that not just go for people that have wronged you, but for yourself as well. Forgive yourself for whatever turmoil, whatever pain, whatever wrong was done to you. Forgive yourself. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Forgive that's yourself. That's a big one. So love more and forgive often. You're right. Wow. Mm. That was good. I love that. Deborah, like, did you want to weigh that, in on that? April, thanks. Right. How can we follow that up? That sounds like, Deborah, if you wanted to say something, Deborah, girl. You <laughs> had to say something prolific. I don't think right. I can come behind Everybody that just one. say ditto. <laughs> right. You can't do anything until you forgive yourself. Exactly. That's so true. I can't even come behind that. April, thank you for your poetic words. That was beautiful. We appreciate that. Let's shift into Olivia's story, which was just as devastating uh, as these other ones that we have shared. She was just so young, so she clearly could not have understood the risk that she was truly taking. Last April, the night before Easter, Olivia told her mom she was having a sleepover with a friend, but ended up meeting an 18-year-old male she was chatting with online. He gave her a painkiller that was unknowingly laced with fentanyl. Soon after, Olivia was dead. Olivia was, I mean, she was young, so of course she was impressionable. And it is so unfortunate that that's what happened in her ending. And she's not the only one. Like, this happens all the time. Like, y'all know I have that 20-year-old. So as a young male, I'm hoping that he's not trying to influence anyone. And then, God forbid, if he was, it would be laced. You know what I mean? But it, just in general, parents, grandparents even, trying to decipher if I should let my child go and meet their friends or should I let them go out? Are they telling me the truth? Like, all these anxieties we're already thinking about. It's a hard one. You have a granddaughter, Deborah. What kinds of conversations are you having with her about drugs and keeping herself safe? I constantly educate my granddaughter mm. in reference to drug usage. I said, you heard about this? You heard about fentanyl? Oh, yes, Mama Deborah, I know about it. She's like, I know about fentanyl. Everybody know you're supposed to stay away from it. I said, but what if somebody's offering you a joint? You don't know what's right. in right. it. What does it look like to stay away from? What does it look like? If you open it up, you wouldn't be able to right. tell that it's in it. Could you tell? Was there anything that you wish that they would have discussed? Any questions that you think that they could have ask the guests to share in the episode? Anything else you want to hear more about? I think what should have been talked about is a lot of people are doing marijuana. It's legal medicinally and recreationally at some places. Yeah. Keyword, some. If people are going to do this stuff, one, make fentanyl harder to get. First of all, right. why are you able to get it off the black market? How is it getting on the black market? Mm. Number one. Number two, if people are going to smoke marijuana... Make it legal everywhere where you can continue to regulate and people know they're not getting anything laced. They know they're getting a sativa or indica or whatever the case may be. I also think they should have looked at more of the medical side of it. Yeah. A lot of these people that are addicted on drugs started because of an injury and the doctor prescribed right. them pain medicine. Yeah. That part. Yeah. That's interesting because they didn't talk about the prescription perspective. And what your experience is, that was one of the drugs that they gave you to experiment with your pain management. 
and how your reaction to it was not positive and how you had to pursue something else. So you're right. Glad you said it. I think people forget. You just hear fentanyl like it's bad. Yeah, you think it's a it's street an drug. Actual, it's mm-hmm. actually a drug, y'all. Yeah. It's actually yeah. usable for an actual condition. I think it's super important, too. Like I tell my son, though, you have addiction in your family. We have to pay attention to that and maybe talk to our family, use our village and ask does this impact us? I can tell you, you all have hit me in every way. I have gotten Ooh, like, woo, this has been amazing. <laughs> Carl, have we yeah. been like informed and educated and uplifted oh, yeah. and, and in spirit and faith and truth <laughs> and light? Hello, come on here. Listen, the root <laughs> word of inspired is in spirit. And that's definitely where we were today. Yes, I indeed. have learned some new things, different perspectives mm-hmm. to just keep us talking and keeping the conversation going. Let's keep talking. I appreciate talking. y'all. Because you gave me some insight on Kate. I really appreciate that. I came off my soapbox, so thank you. (laughs) There are so many more moments we could discuss, but it's that time, our beloved guests, our fantastic Let's Red Table That community members, we must bid you farewell. Thank you so much for coming on Let's Red Table That. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I appreciated the opportunity. I learned so much from that conversation. We're going to take a short break after this, but when we return... We're going to share our top five takeaways from this episode. Now it's time to share our thoughts, presenting Kara and Tracy's top five thoughts. That's right. This is the part of the show where we speed through five thoughts slash takeaways from this episode. Let's fire them off. Come on, number five. If you're experiencing drug addiction, there is help. You do not have to go alone. Facts. You can go back to the top of this episode and get a number. I know there are resources online. Right, that's right. There is a place for you to go. Number four, with fentanyl on the streets, taking drugs recreationally is like playing a game of Russian roulette. We've said this several times. This episode is so accurate. Oh my gosh, it's scary. To be cliche, as we've said all episode, just don't just say no, right? That's just the best way to go. We're going to take that to number three. If you make a mistake, no matter how big or small, you are allowed to forgive yourself, okay? Yes, you can. That is the beauty yes, you can. of it. Number two, talk with your loved ones, especially the impressionable youth in your life, about the realities of fentanyl and some healthy recreational outlets. And Mm. I think that's something we wished they had talked about a little bit more on the red table or something I definitely wish they would have talked about. Just some other healthier outlets to help people move forward, even in their sobriety. So maybe people who aren't watching are people who just haven't experienced it, but maybe people who are recovering and want those additional tips. And number one, trying drugs for the first time could be your last time. Ooh, that's so heavy. Period. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about any and everything with you all. So make sure you send in your questions at lessredtablethat at redtabletalk.com. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts number five. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. A big thank you to our executive producers, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Ellen Rackerton, and Fallon Jethro. And thank you to our producer, Kyla Kineru. And our associate producers, Mara De La Rosa and Yolanda Chow. And finally, thank you to our sound engineers, Calvin Bailiff and Devin Donahue.